Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Breaking the Ceiling. Egg has always been a controversial topic in India. Are you an egg-tarian, are you a vegetarian or non-vegetarian? And I have uh, a co-founder from one of the hottest food startups in the country. Uh, please welcome uh, Shraddha Bansali, who's a co-founder of Evo. Hey Shraddha, uh, it's great having you on the show. How are you doing today? Hi Ashwin, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. So, uh, Shraddha, what I wanted to understand is uh, I want to know you before Evo. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and everything you did right up to Evo. I would love to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if we have time because I love telling stories, but I'm going to keep it super short. Um, I was born and raised in Bombay and uh, post that I went to Boston, I went to BU to do my undergraduate. I studied uh, business and hospitality. I knew since I was maybe like 15 that I wanted to open a restaurant. So went to um, university with that dream, took up a hospitality course, came back. You know, my dad thought this was a phase that I would get over, right? Because no one in our family is, forget the restaurant industry, none of them are even in the service industry. So for me to want to be um, in hospitality, he was shocked. But um, I think since I was like singing that same tune for 10 years, I finally convinced him. And I started my restaurant, uh, which is called Candy and Green. Uh, it is in British Candy. So that's what uh, I was running up until this year. And uh, so, yeah, that's a bit of my background. Um, I am an animal lover. I have four very beautiful dogs. Um, always been involved with a lot of animal rights and animal advocacy groups. I am a vegetarian without eggs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So was that uh, one of the reasons, uh, like since you're a vegetarian and Candy and Green also is you know, a premium high-end vegetarian restaurant, was that an inspiration that you were missing out eggs or how did Evo come around? What was that aha moment like, this is what I want to do? You know, it's it, it's really funny because um, I would see this entire plant-based, uh, you know, alternative protein industry like taking over the US and Europe and all these countries by storm. And I'm like, you know, in India, we have one of the biggest vegetarian populations. Why don't we have something like that here? Um, and being a vegetarian myself, um, even when I started canning green, I wanted a very produced forward restaurant because I was like, you know, we overdo paneer, cheese, masala, you know, like what else, right? What else? And I think um, Evo is just my answer to what else. I think we, uh, you know, started Evo because we wanted to make an alternative protein um, that was for the Indian market and in animal alternatives because of the gray area that eggs are in it is the least offensive and most widely acceptable um you know that we thought that we could enter the indian market with also not to mention that um i would love to get that additional protein which is so difficult <laughs> And uh, I, I think the menu at Canteen Green was, you know, very revolutionary. It was not your typical only paneer, only potatoes, right? It was so much more. And uh, I think it was going to be a fantastic, you know, uh, new thing that's going to be brought into the country. There's nothing that way that exists today in India, am I right? Smaller, 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 Nothing, nothing, nothing that you're going to be doing because I know uh, I've seen the PR buzz and I know you guys have raised around and I think I've seen a lot of big things coming your way. So before we go there and talk about the future of Evo, 
Evo, where did that come from? Give me a little bit about the name. Like, how did that come along? The name Evo. So, um, you know, when we made Evo, Karthik, Karthik is my co-founder. So Karthik and I, um, we wanted to create something that was a revolution, right? We wanted to change the way people viewed um, viewed the animal industry, right? We wanted to end animal agriculture. So, you know, like how you had the agricultural revolution, we wanted to have um, the Evo revolution. So, um, you know, Evo stands for that revolution and the evolution in our eating. So that's where EVO comes from. But um, something we also realized uh, going into it that um, the Latin word is ovo, egg, and then EO is the evolved egg. So I guess it just fit in really well. I, I think that branding is just absolutely spot on, right? So whatever I've seen about Evo so far, you know, it has created a new uh, benchmark in terms of just in the brand. Like I've not seen the product yet, I've not tasted the product yet, but I've seen so much around it. And I think you've done a fantastic job positioning it, even when the product is not in the market, right? People are expecting something from it and it's looking like a, a premium product, you know, high quality product, even when they haven't seen the product. And I think that requires a fair bit of genius. So kudos on that. Thank you. And also, it's not, uh, it is uh, in terms of quality, it is super premium, but we want to make it very affordable because egg is a comfort food for a lot of people and we want to try our best to make it as affordable as we can. So, you know, as premium as it looks, uh, don't worry, it's not going to be. It's not going to burn a hole in our pockets. Awesome. I mean, honestly, at uh, our scale, we're trying to, um, not trying to, we are going to keep it the same price as organic eggs and we want to reduce that, The you know, um, uh, as we can over time with economies of scale. That is, I think, uh, going to be a big game changer because if you have high quality products, the next assumption is going to be too expensive, right? So if you're able to get that pricing just right at a cost of an organic egg, if I'm getting an egg alternative, I think that opens up a very significant market for you, right? So when you started off Evo, what were the challenges uh, that you know you faced? Honestly, this market doesn't exist, right? Um, when, when someone asks me, they're like, what do you do? And I tell them, I make uh, eggs from plants. The first question is, what? Is that even possible? Um, so I think that a lot of people are really excited about it. But a lot of customer education is necessary because people don't even know that something like this exists and can be done, you know. For them, it's like magic. Um, so I think that's actually what and, and we, we adopted that, you know. So now when people ask, ask us, how do we do it? We're like magic plant magic you know that's how we do it so i think that was one of the challenges um the second challenge um you know which is something that um i think most startups face but especially with us because we need very specialized talent um it's to get the right kind of talent so we are actively hiring as well um you know and we obviously want to build the best strongest team um so yeah i think uh, even getting the right kind of talent for this has been a challenge but so far i think we've gotten a great team to join us uh and if you're watching this and you think you're a great fit for evo please um hit me up <laughs> we will put the careers link in the description below so that you know the right talent watches it and a lot of people from this space are going to be watching this and their friends will so we'll definitely i hope you find your next great hire from this video that would be a fantastic story so yeah, I think those two, and I think the third, um, which we are definitely going to face um, now that we're launching, is um, cold chain in India. It's not as developed, so that 
because initially it is going to be a refrigerated product. So I think, um, you know, in terms of technical challenges, these were, this is everything that we're facing. I mean, of course, there's a lot more, but these are the main ones. <laughs> there, there are a lot more coming up your way that you haven't seen yet, right? But I think you'll get there as you get there. And this is not your first rodeo. You know, you've had a restaurant, you manage people before, you manage companies before. So I think you will, you will take in your stride. But I think every startup that I have seen and I have run all come with uh, unique challenges and common challenges. So you're going to face a lot of challenges that you've seen in Candy and Green and you know exactly how to overcome them. But then you're also going to get some new ones that you're going to be like, what the hell do I do with this now? Right. But uh, those those learning moments right, are, I think, absolutely invaluable. So I always say, hey, you either win or you learn. You don't lose. <laughs> if you learn from the loss, then it's not a loss. Right. And so what have been a few of the proud moments uh, from the beginning around Evo? Anything that you're excited about? Anything that you're proud about? There's so much. I don't know where to start. But uh, I think for us to achieve... Uh, so our plant-based egg is the cheapest in the world. And for us to achieve that at pilot scale, um, it was really, really uh, challenging. And when we cracked that, like... Cracked that. When we uh, actually cracked the formulation, that was a really big day for us, right? Because you you obviously have your naysayers that are like, oh, is this possible? Like, and, you know, when I tried it and I couldn't tell the difference between that and an egg, I think that was a really, really proud moment for me. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, also there have also been some PR proud moments. So Karthik and I won Forbes Under 30 for Asia this year. That was pretty that is awesome. That's fantastic. That's really, really cool. That is something to be really proud of, right? That's, I think, uh, that's literally a once-in-a-lifetime achievement to get the... Because once you cross the 30, you can't be under 30 anymore. Tell me about it. I'm trying to get to the one under 40 yet, which is very difficult. <laughs> I mean, uh, if they're watching, please give it to Ashwin. Uh, one deserves it more than him. And while you're at it, consider me too, please. <laughs> No, so I think uh, you're you're doing it right. So I've seen the PR around this as well, you know, which has been fantastic. And I think that's been, uh, you know, your backyard. You've been great at PR. You've great, you know, you've been great at handling, uh, you know, public relations as well. You've been the face of Candy and Green as well, right? So uh, I I think that just comes to you more naturally, and I think that's going to play into uh, you know, evolution of Evo, and that's going to be a very very big part because a big challenge which is going to be coming up is people wanting to try this, and if they haven't tried it before, it's very rare that if they're not even heard of it before, they won't pick up a bottle, right? But if they hear about it in PR, which I'm very sure, you know, once it launches, you're definitely going to hear about it in PR, which will overcome that objection and people will look forward to trying it. And I think that's going to be a very, very crucial piece that PR is going to play in your success story. So kudos to that. I completely agree with you. You know, Ashwin, when you tell me this, um, Everyone always messages me, who's your PR agency? Who do you work with? And I love that because I'm like, no, I do it myself. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? Like, how do you email people? And I'm like, you know what? I don't think you should, that's not what you should be focusing on. I think make a great product that people really want and people and they will write about you, right? You are the right person for your brand and you know, you're making something um, new and you're making something exciting that is current with the times, I don't see why um, you wouldn't be um, in the press. And I think that's just something um, uh, people always ask me, right? Even with Candy and Green, we were a tiny restaurant in the middle of Breach Candy. They're like, how did you get so much press? 
I'm sure, you know, we have a lot of um, great agencies that we work with. But, you know, three months, two months, and then those lulls, it was just us. And, and basically what I'm trying to say is when you have a product that's exciting enough, people will talk. You just have to make sure that the conversation is correct. But thank you so much for that. Oh, so, uh, you made it sound so easy. I know a lot of great products that never got press because unfortunately the founders didn't know how to do it. And by the way, one of those founders is me, right? I stopped at PR about eight, nine years ago. And I hired an agency. Uh, we spent a few lakhs on them. We got nothing. Hired a second agency, third agency. And I thought after the, the third agency, we got like one mention in an article. And I was like, this is absolute BS. Right. So uh, at the same time, I had met uh, Devita Saraf, who was the CEO of, uh, you know, VU. And uh, I, I, we, we had shared a you know, stage at a particular event and we became friends. But then I know, I know the kind of, you know, PR that she had built around herself. So I went and spent some time with her. And I went with a list of 50 PR agencies in the country. She took a look at it and she tore it and threw it away. And I was like, okay, that's being a little dramatic. I'm like, what the hell? Like, did I get your agency's name in there? Or what are you like upset about? Then she actually taught me in the next five minutes, that's it, five minutes, what it took to get good PR, right? And then when I followed her advice, after two months, we are now able to turn PR on and off the way we choose, right? So whatever that, that was, and now till that she's like my mentor for PR, uh, you know, in the press, her secrets are like absolutely mind-boggling. And I'm very sure, you know, you all have to do a lot of the same things, so you should compare notes at some time, right? So having, a, you know, for me, it was having a mentor who I learned from, who taught me that and you know i have mentors who taught me multiple things so that actually brings me to my next question do you have mentors in your life who have changed you as a person and have helped you with business oh for sure i think um uh both for candy and green evo my my personal life like i have mentors because i believe that um you know number one if there's a mentor that i can't access uh, i'm sure they've written a book so i go read their book um and then there's so many successful people i uh you know who i would just hit them up for advice you know and i think this is something um i learned that i i, I like to share you know when you really look up to someone and you just dm them on instagram right um find a common link and you dm them on instagram and you tell them that you really like what they're doing and you'd love to buy them a cup of coffee. I mean, you know, no, I've never had someone say no to me. You know, I've, I've always had that cup of coffee with that person. You know, it might not be, they might not have, um, you know, like uh, to be able to mentor me my, like, you know, my whole life. But that one cup of coffee, I get all my questions out of the way. And I do it in a way that it's not only about me, it's about them, right? Because I want to learn from them. So I think that way, there's so many restaurants, you know, that I've literally done this with. So Gordy from Table was one person I just randomly DM'd and I was like, hey, I really love what you're doing. Can we chat? Um, Karan was another uh, person, another friend of mine from Ghost Kitchens. He uh, is someone, again, I really love the way he grew his business. So I was like, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. Um, and then see, you know, with our advisor, it came to an international scale for Evo. It was just me randomly. Um, you know, in people's LinkedIn inboxes and uh, telling them, you know, about why I love what they do and why I would like to talk to them. And from there, actually, we made a couple of great mentors. So Ryan Bethencourt is one of our mentors and advisors. So is Stephanie Downs. Such great names, you know, in the alternative protein team worldwide. And uh, so proud to call them mentors. 
Um, and yeah, and personally, my biggest, biggest mentor is my father. Um, I think I learn from him every day and no one knows me like him. So no one can even advise me. Like I think that's fantastic. And I mean, I can't imagine my life without mentors. Uh, even my, I was writing my blog post last night and actually, you know, it was actually more like a thank you to the mentors. It, it's titled Standing in the Shoulder of Giants, right? So people uh, are always scared of accessing other people. So the way I look at it is very simple. If I ask you, let's say I, I want you to be a mentor. If I message you, what is the worst that will happen? You will not respond or you will just say no. That's it. So what is the So whenever I'm, you know, earlier I used to be very, you know, reserved to ask people for help. Now I've realized, like, I ask myself a very simple question. What's the worst that will happen? They'll say no, right? Or they will not respond. That's it. Now, because of this little attitude and the, the same secret that you said, using Insta, by the way, Twitter, that's... Like I'm accessing a lot of new mentors on Twitter. I've been able to access the best minds in their fields and just having a virtual cup of coffee with them or, you know, just sending them something nice after, you know, they spend some time with me. But that goes such a long way because you're able to uncover so much information, right? They are, they are so large hearted to share that with you, right? So a, a very proud moment for me, one of my mentors, his company just got valued at a billion dollars not million, billion dollars, and he cashed out at 450,000 crores. So it's one of the largest deals in healthcare history, and he's one of my mentors, right? And he's taught me about scale, right? One of my mentors is uh, Pooja Dingra for uh, using social media, 7 billion followers, right? So ideas, you know, you find the right people for the right things, and they allow you to amplify so much. And I'm very glad you brought up Gauri because I just interviewed her a few days ago. And guess who is next on my list? It's actually Karan. So it's such a small world, right? That is really funny. So uh, it's such a small world. And I'm very glad that this world goes. That's a joke. I call him mentor and he hates it. <laughs> He's like, where to spend when I give you advice? And no, so it's, it's great because I've seen that people who are leaders, right? They understand the value of what they've learned. And if they're large-hearted enough, they'll actually share that with others. So it's it's good to identify these people. And it is okay if somebody says no or doesn't respond. It shouldn't drag you down. You should still go ahead and write to more people because somebody's going to respond. And you have 100 on 100 score. Now that you know motivates me more to write to a few more people. Right? But I'll tell you why, Ashwin. And I, and I tell this to a lot of my friends as well. Because even they're like, no, what if we write to them and they don't respond? I'm like, okay, now tomorrow if I wrote to Don Musk, he's not going to respond to Shatta Bansali because who am I, right? In like, in that scale of thing. But mentors don't have to be the most successful people in the world or the country, right? Like my business mentor doesn't have to be Mukesh Nambani. It can be someone who's accessible to me, but who I know I can stay strong, right? And once you build yourself up to a scale where you think you can also add some value to that conversation, that's when you go higher and higher up, right? You can't just start by DMing Mookie. I mean, I don't even know if he's on Instagram, but you can't start. Yeah, like, hey, can, I, can I buy a cup of coffee? He's like, that may not work. No, so I'll tell you something really funny that you brought up Elon, right? Um, so three years ago, I had this very weird idea that I want to spend some time with Elon Musk, with Rasan Tata and with Mukesh Ambani, right? These are my top three business mentors. And I started telling everybody about this very weird way, right? Just like anyone I meet new, you know, as a part of conversation, oh, by the way, this is like my crazy dream for uh, 2018. You will not, you'll be surprised. People went out of their way to help me. So I had, if this pandemic hadn't hit, last year I would have actually met Elon. Oh, wow. He teaches at a college 
right? So I was being interviewed by somebody, right, uh, for a business interview, and I just mentioned it to him offline after the you know the interview. He's like, oh, one sec, my brother is in the U.S. and he teaches. You know, he's a professor at the university where Elon volunteers once in a year to come and teach classes, and they are open to people coming in. Why don't you go talk about tech? Or why don't you go talk about entrepreneurship? And you and you can actually align them so that you can actually be in the campus at the same time as Elon, and he's like surprisingly approachable, like when he's there. So I had literally lined that up. And by the way, same with Pukesh Ambani, he's a client. We take care of his home, right? So again, there's something in lines to go meet him. And Ratan Tata, not yet. But again, I'm not giving up hope. But it is, I, I think it's really, uh, I, I believe in it. I believe in the process of karma. I believe that if you put what you want out there, if you are able to visualize it, you're able to achieve it, right? So I, I think that's, uh, it's a very powerful tool that very few people actually use. Like just writing down what you want, your five-year vision, not just having it in your mind, writing it out, drawing it out, whatever it is, is a very, very powerful mechanism that I have not seen people use. And do you know who taught me this? Robin Sharma. He taught me this. I've spent half a day with him a long, long time ago. And he taught me this concept of writing it down. He's like, write it down, pen to paper. He's like, oh, you want a big office? Draw your office. So 10 years ago, Right, we are still in Prabhadevi. We had these four or five small units, like four five hundred square feet each. And I had this. My wallpaper was a five-story building called Equinox Center. And everyone was like, "Really? Like you know, you're on this three thousand, two thousand square feet. What are you expecting such a big building and all?" But three years later, I inaugurated that building. And the funny thing is, if you compare that artist impression of what I imagined it to be and the actual one, is hundred percent accurate. Right. So the day we inaugurated it, one of my VPs actually came to me and he said, uh, you know, like, hey, where's the where's the new wallpaper? I'm like, what do you mean? What's he's like, no, no, where's the what's the next thing? Like, I'm excited about seeing what you're drawing next. Right. So we did by the way launch Equinox Center, which is our own building. And now our next one is Equinox Campus, which we're working on. So visualization, I think, is a very powerful and very underrated tool. Right. Um, Show you I have a visual after, like right here. But that's important. It's so important. But it's so important to visualize what you want because that's what you work towards, right? Like by end of the day, if you've not moved just an inch towards your final goal, what have you done? That that I mean, that's maybe I'm a little fanatic, but that's what I look at, right? Like I have my vision board. I have like it could be virtual or physical, it could be diary, it could be virtual. But having clarity, I think, is you know, I think it's super important, right? So. That actually brings me to my next thing. Like, where are you seeing Evo in next three years or five years? Or what are time horizon you've set for itself? What are you seeing the bigger picture for Evo? Okay, so the bigger picture with Evo, I mean, of course, we would love to make a lot of money. And, you know, that's one of our goals as well. But I think um, a very personal goal that the reason that Karthik and I started this company was to change the way people look at animal agriculture. We wanted to make it easier to make the right choice, right? Um, and 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 that is the fundamental thing that we want to work towards over the next how many ever years, right? So every goal we have is very aligned to this, right? Um, so our first goal is to bring the price down to make it affordable across India, right? This you know um, you know whoever can buy can buy Evo. That is our like five-year goal, right? To make it that affordable. Um, so affordability is one of our biggest goals. The second one is we're very, um, we're very focused on the spectrum. 
but we definitely want to increase that impact so you will be seeing evo in a lot of other countries um so expansion is also something that's really dear to our heart and um we definitely want to give back in some way um you know to the uh, uh, you know to the plant based community so we are looking at things in that space as well i think that's fantastic it's uh, i think it's business centric but it's also very people centric it's very earth centric as well right so i think that's a very good vision to have a very good purpose to have and if you make this purpose and vision public as public as possible you will see the right kind of people being associated with you right so earlier you're talking about attracting the right talent making sure that they are passionate about the same visions that you are passionate about is i think one of the secret sources of you know getting great set of people because they know hey if you have to put in hard work if you're doing this what are we doing it for and i think today people want to know it's no longer a 9 to 5 or my salary i work people want that purpose they want that leader they want somebody to motivate them they want somebody to follow and they want somebody to have that larger vision which they can call their own right so i, I think that's fantastic i love the love the vision that you created uh, you know for evo so because you know me and kartik we discuss it right like when a company grows sometimes you lose sight of what's so important so sometimes when you're asking a decision um all all your decisions right um you can just ask them by saying will this help us in animal agriculture right and if the answer is yes go with it if it's no find a very profitable way to do it but don't go that route right and i think that's how you keep the core value of a company alive absolutely so at equinox we actually have five core values and we ensure that every single day that each leader practices it it's not just something that's on the wall it's something you need to know first of all by heart because if you don't know the core value how are you going to practice it so one of the first days at equinox is actually people going through slide after slide of every core value and what it means in real life so the stories attached to it because people remember stories a lot more than they remember a fact right so i think story based values are you know, super super critical right so have you gone through the exercise of kind of putting down your values like okay here's a value here's a value have you all reach there yet or is there something on a plan so you know we do these um we do these like uh, town hall meetings with our entire team i mean right now they're just on zoom where we discuss what our goals are where we can get better no but we haven't actually gone and written it down we do have um you know a welcome letter that we give um everyone when they join us you know it, it's really cool um uh, actually one of our questions we ask people when they apply for a job with evo is um, which harry potter house are how people define themselves right it's not like for one house or the other we just see how well people can judge themselves um and then you know honestly i think uh, we try to play on people's strengths so yeah and then we have a bunch of things we write down in terms of the personality traits books we'd like them to read um how we behave with each other um so that is definitely there but we i i love the which harry potter i mean which house which hogwarts house do you belong to and why like why did we say slytherin like slytherin is okay but why did we say slytherin right that would be an interesting one to so it's karthik has anyone written slytherin and kidding. that's why we came up with this because honestly we both recognize that we're very ambitious we're very passionate we go get us doesn't look that people but like you know those are the core uh, qualities of a slytherin i think i i think that's just that's i'm i'm going to steal that 100% 
after this, I'm going to call with HR like new question, <laughs> which house and why. And, but I think it reveals, it reveals a it lot. Does. Of and it makes put them in a more lighter mood, you know? Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. So uh, on to my next question. Uh, what would, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? If you could go back in time and just give one piece of advice, what would Um, think forward. Yeah, I think that uh, when you're 18, you're so scared to fail. Um, you're just always, um, you know, walking on eggshells, trying to avoid mistakes. But yeah. Eggshells, uh, sorry. Okay. It was right there. I mean, I had to take yeah. that. Sorry. You know, um, so I think that's the, uh, I think I would tell, stop, tell my 18-year-old self to stop trying to avoid failure. And like you said, you never only learn. But obviously, you know, make decisions that I think are going to take me forward. And even if I fail, I'm not failing at the same place I was. I failed at a step above. And you keep going and going. And either you win or you don't. And that's it. Simple. <laughs> I, I love that piece of advice. So at Equinox, we have a concept called fail forward. Like the way you, you know, you win is you fail. Uh, the other day I, I saw, I, I think it was on Twitter, a very nice diagram. It's like when you have failures, think of failures not as not as gravestones, but as stepping stones towards success, right? So I think that was a beautiful line. I love that line a lot. Think of failures as, you know, not as gravestones, but as stepping stones. Because guess what? Failure is not the opposite of success. It's a part of it. So if you're going to succeed, you're going to fail because you're going to try new things. Some of them are not going to work out. Most of them may not work out, which is perfectly fine because something will, right? So... I think that's, you need one to work and then you can scale that one thing, right? So I think you're you're on the right path and I'm just, I love the way you're creating culture at Evo. Even if you've not written it down, you've not written core values, but I love, I'm, I'm learning so much out of this and this is fantastic. I'm going to definitely, the, the Slytherin thing or the Hogwarts house, 100% saving. I don't know. I've not. So now, I mean, I'm, I, okay, uh, all truth, I have not watched as much Harry Potter uh, as I should have back in the day. Now my kids are like super into it and we watch one like every weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out which house I am in. And my, my kids are, so it's actually by next Sunday, we are, that's a thing that we are discussed. Like, oh, by next Sunday, we're going to decide. So last weekend we watched, uh, which one was that? The, my God, I'm getting, I'm very horrible at names. I forgot the one we watched. No, not the Sorcerer's Stone, number four. I forgot the fourth one. Phoenix. The Order of Phoenix, that's the one we watched. And yeah, so by the fifth one, we're supposed to figure out which house each one of us is. So I, I, I'm looking forward to that conversation. And it's it's going to be a lot more interesting to see what a six-year-old and a nine-year-old and how they you know reason with themselves or with us to justify their house. I think that'll be a fun, fun one to look at, right? So talking about uh, fantasies, uh, what is a superpower? What is, what is a superpower that you have that nobody knows about? I think I can read people's minds. This one makes people think. I can. You can? I'm very, I'm very intuitive. So even if I can't read it, I can, I don't know. I can, I have a good idea of um, what someone's thinking or what someone's, how do you say it? It sounds really weird to say it out, but you asked me. You asked me for this question. But it's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I think you know what people are thinking or you can make a good guesstimate of what, what's yeah, going on yeah. in people's mind. I think it's difficult to um, 
trick me like that. Yeah. True. True. My superpower, by the way, is reading people, oh. body language. And guess where I learned it? Playing poker. Did you make a lot of money? <laughs> They make a lot of money, but I mean, we, we play for fun, but yeah, we obviously did money involved. But that one thing, actually, that one game has taught me so many things. So, by the way, one of my proposed TEDx topics is uh, business lessons from poker, which I think is going to be an interesting one. So, I have like a good, like, I've made a good list of like what I have learned in business from poker. And I've been applied a lot of those principles in the business to say I'm planning to apply. But I think that will make a would you That's watch that I TEDx? And so, because last year my team sent out an application which said something about food safety, which is great. I just don't think it, you know, could use a larger audience. But when we, when I suggested this topic, my entire team was like, "That sounds really cool." Like we would like go out our way to see that one. So I'm hoping that. No, it's definitely cool. Yeah, I mean, I always just talk about sustainability, and I'm like, can I just because I, I was like, oh, we want you to talk about sustainability, and I was like, guys, there's a lot more to me as well. <laughs> True, right? I mean, there's so many aspects of people. Like many times, people just pigeonhole people into one little thing, and which is, I mean, it's good to have expertise in one, but you can have more. Uh, of course, I mean, whoever I can help. But yeah, that's a really cool topic, and you should really do it because I would watch it. So, um, Shraddha, tell me a little bit about work-life balance. How is that? Um, you know, people glamorize this. Um, rest when you're dead mentality for entrepreneurs especially in your 20s um and i started from that place um and very 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 soon i burnt out i no longer respected me i don't think my staff respected me i was always on edge um and honestly i landed myself in therapy you know it's like really not worth it um and then i learned you know i was like setting deadlines for yourself super important okay setting deadlines for the place and personal you know um and scheduling personal things and i call them deadlines but not really you know i need to meet this person you know this week and that was my deadline right because i genuinely felt that you know this whole rest when you die attitude it's not healthy and i've done it and i would never do it again so now i think um i surround myself with people who are much smarter than i am who do are so much better than me so um you know i'm very um, okay with delegating as well as collaborating and i think that that has taken a lot of my plate for me to have a good work life balance and i genuinely feel like now i do take all the trips i want to take and i meet my family and i get time with my dogs and i do a great job at work i was going to ask you about your dogs so tell us a little bit about your dogs because i think they're a big part of the balance right the work life balance i think Dogs are a big part of your life. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yeah. We're just making an office for Ivo right now, which is pet friendly, so I can bring them. Wow! I think that's going to be fantastic. Like you're going to be taking your dogs to work, and other people can bring yeah, theirs as well. Dogs, cats, parrots, whatever you have, you can bring. Oh wow! I think that's going to be, yeah. Whenever that launches, please call Push. me. I don't have a dog. Always wanted one. Uh, out of the four of us, I've got three convinced. I still have one who's not even on the fence, completely on the other side. So I'm slowly nudging my wife towards the fence to see whether she'll come on this side, and that's the only way we can get. I think just bring one home and put one in her lap, and she's going to melt. 
I was going to do that yesterday. So yesterday was her birthday, and I was planning to do that. And she warned me, like she woke up and she warned me. I actually literally knew I was planning that because me and the cousins were actually planning to do that. Like everyone else in our family has dogs. All her cousins, all of everyone has dogs except us. So we go to other people's houses, like when we used to, literally to play with the pets. Like they happen to be there. Okay, great, you're there. But I've come to play with Mo, or I've come to play with you know. Um, you have to think about this one. I do, I do, because honestly, I think a year ago it'd be very different advice, but I think now the scenario has really changed. Um, so the other day, I was asked the same thing. Uh, you know that hey, anyone getting into business, wasn't it specifically to food business, right? Anyone starting a business right now, what what are the changes that they need to look at, right? I mean, how do you start a business in this environment? While I know a lot of businesses close down. I also know almost equal amount of businesses that opened up, because what has happened is because of the pandemic, uh, we've been pushed forward five to seven years on the tech front. The the entire world has become a lot more tech friendly, right? When my ninety year old grandma knows how to use an iPad and start a Zoom call, I think tells you about it because we can't go meet her. So literally, she click click. She knows how to use Zoom. Ah. Uh, My seventy-plus uh, father-in-law, he knows how to order on Zomato or on, on you know Amazon. Otherwise, it would have been called to me or called my wife. So I'm seeing a lot of changes happening in the elder generation, and everyone has become so much more tech-friendly, right? So anything you do, I think, should have uh, tech as a part of it as an enabler, right? Definitely, it helps reduce cost. It helps uh, free up uh, the consumer to take decisions day or night. It's, you don't even have to have a customer care helpline or anything that way. So I think having tech over there and having one of your founders or mentors in tech is going to be a big, big boost, right? What many people don't know about me, I mean, people know me as the food safety person. Okay, you know, uh, I work with FSSA, all of that. What most people don't know is my basic education and my basic passion has been in tech. I'm a computer science guy with MBA in marketing, right? And for the longest time, I didn't nurse that side of my itch, which was like I wanted to run a tech company. So uh, last year, last year, I actually started building my own tech team within Equinox, and today we have twenty people, and we're doing crazy stuff. And the amount of things we've been able to achieve using technology has been absolutely fantastic, right? So my advice would be do something where it is connected to tech, which will help you scale faster at a lower operational cost. So that was my advice, and I'm very sure Nivo, you're going to be bringing in tech in some way or the other. Oh, yeah. And if not, let me know. I'll help you bring in tech some way or the other. For sure, for sure, I'll connect with you offline. You know, I'm trying to think of something that really um, makes sense, and I think you know, with the times, the one thing I would urge people, especially um, you know, if you want to get into the food industry, um, I think food alternatives, especially when it comes to uh, environmental safety, animal agriculture, I genuinely believe that that's the way forward. Not just because what's happening in the Western world over, but I think that the pandemic taught us one thing: it is that we need to relook at the way that we are treating um, everybody else, right, in the food chain, and basically everyone else that's not human. So I think that's just something that I would um, tell people getting into this space. 
Um, and obviously, the other one is you have to be passionate about what you do. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Because yeah. the amount of work that you take to make something successful, right? I'm not saying work yourself to death, but the amount of stuff you have to go through to become successful. You have to be either crazy or you feel passionate or passionately crazy to be able to do that in a sustained manner over a certain period of time because otherwise you'll end up giving up. That's right. And, and, and I'm very sure with ego, you're going to get a lot of challenges. But that passion and enthusiasm that you know you and your team have is what is going to get you through it. Right? Because you guys have a bigger thing in mind. It's not just revenue and that that's not your only takeaway, right? You're you're trying to revolutionize something and all of what is going to be happening is going to be worth it because you know what you guys are working to. Oh my god, when you were saying that you actually made me realize what is an advice I would actually give, right? Because I was so conflicted. I'm like, what do I say that rings true, you know, through all my years? And what you said actually um made me think and realize that um no matter what business you're getting into right if it's food hospitality tech um, always have um a core value and all decisions you make should you know um should answer that core value yes or no and your core value cannot make money it has to be something that drives you every single day and even when it comes to money questions um you should find a way to make money in a way that you cannot sleep at night so i think yeah I think that that's a fantastic uh, you know ending and a fantastic takeaway from all of this right so shada thank you so much for spending time with us thank you so much for sharing so you know so much about what you've done and what you're planning and the insights i think those are fantastic this is going to be tremendously helpful for a lot of people in the industry a lot of our viewers because it's people like you that inspire so many more to try new things and do new things create their passions uh, define their passions and have the courage to pursue them right so thank and you for for being here shy right all right so uh, guys uh, thanks a lot uh, shada was awesome she's an amazing person as you can see thank you so much for having mm-hmm. me on this show ashwin i always um love the work you guys have done at equinox i think um you're definitely someone that young entrepreneurs like me can learn so much for from even though you're very young yourself you've already um is you told me this is your seventh you sold seven companies i i run seven companies i've sold two yeah so i just think from the sheer scale you should be the one on the other end and i should be the one quizzing you but thank you so much for having me on the show and i hope this helps everyone and i've learned so much today from you thanks a lot shada you've been a, a an absolute gem to get to know and over the next few days months years i think uh, i'm i'm going to be excited to see evo grow and i'm going to look at ways how me and equinox can be a part of your success too we are going to help you in any way we can yeah uh, uh, the link to apply for evo is going to be in the description below so do take time and you know if that's something that makes sense for you and want to be in a place which allows you to do your own thing while chasing a purpose that's bigger than yourself I think Evo is the perfect fit for you guys so don't forget to check that out and I will see you guys in the next episode thanks a lot and have a great day